Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday from 6 p.m. Eastern to about 6.30. And it is based on the book that we wrote a few years back. It's called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And this is, with this medium, we have the opportunity to continue to expand our reach and we like very much to hear from you because a lot of what we do on this program is we read stories from people who share their accounts of love and loss and, and healing. And so if you'd like to write to us, you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P. P-E-Z at csmpc.com. All of the information I'm sharing at the get-go here is in the program description underneath either the audio or video broadcast. <clears throat> if you write to us, please let us know whether it would be okay for us to share your story in whole or in part. Sometimes people will write to us and say, don't use my real name or talk about these parts of my story, but not those parts. That's fine. And also, if you don't want us to share it at all, that's, that's fine, fine too. too. One or both of us will write to you exactly. in any case. We'll write back to you. You can also just let us know that you have a topic that you'd like for us to address or that you have a guest that you'd like to suggest. Some of the guests that we've gotten have been through suggestions by mm -hmm. listeners. So we always appreciate that as well. You can support our work in a number of ways through Venmo, through PayPal, a monthly subscription, all of the above, again, are in the, in the description that's attached to the program. And while we certainly appreciate that kind of sponsorship, we understand that that's not something that everybody can afford. This program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. Learn more about Dakin. It's a wonderful program by going to Dakin Humane. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. They, in addition to being a shelter, they provide lots of programs and services for people and their animals. And one of the programs that they provide is a pet loss support group via Zoom that I facilitate. It's once a month. It is on the second Tuesday second. of the month. It runs 6 o'clock Eastern to 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And it is cost-free. It costs you nothing. You can RSVP. You can get involved in the Zoom from anywhere in the world. And in fact, people do. And the next program will be on August 8th. So there's a link to, to that RSVP. And please consider joining us if you think it will be useful for you. And finally, if you haven't already, please subscribe on YouTube. Because if you subscribe on YouTube, and there's a link in the description that gets you right to the right place, that alerts other people who are looking for support to the existence of this program. And we've learned from a number of people that that's how they found us by searching on YouTube or searching on Google. So please consider doing that. And I think that's it. Want to get us started, Nancy? Yeah, I mean, we have a, a, a really, I mean, all of our stories, right, that we get are mm -hmm. so important and so heartbreaking, but so heartwarming. But Rob, who we're going to talk about tonight with his beautiful little girl, um, it was, I, I was very taken because it's luckily become trend, a trend, but he adopted an older cat, right? 
he adopted a cat who was 26 years old. And so, and it was for his mom and we're gonna tell the story. But I think that takes so much love, right? To take these elderly animals who are abandoned a lot of times and taken to shelters because their their loved ones can't take care of them anymore, or they've died, or they just don't have the ability. And so um, it is a long one. So Ken and I, Ken's going to start. <laughs> I'm going to do the other half. But um, you know, it is a really, a really, you know, nice story for everyone to hear. And, and I'll add that it is when we adopt a pet. We know that their lifespan is much shorter than ours, and we know that we're going to be saying goodbye to them so much sooner than we'd like to. And yeah, of course, when you adopt an, an elderly pet, that's even more pressing. And so it, it takes such a special kind of yeah. person to to do that. And also, they often have, as all of us do when we're elderly, medical they have special needs. They have mm -hmm. medical issues. So. Here we go. This is from Rob. Hello, I just discovered your podcast and have listened to many shows. I'm finding your words beneficial and healing. Several days ago, my 29-year-old cat passed away. It's been hard for me. As a man, I feel I have fewer options and outlets to speak about my cat than women may, than women may have. Anyway, I know it's too long for your show, but I had to write her story. Well, it's really not too long for her. No, because we're going to tell it. <laughs> I had to put it into words for my own sake. Simply writing it was an exercise in healing. Very important what he just said. Simply writing it was an exercise in healing mm -hmm. for me. For what it's worth, I've attached her story to this email. Thank you. And I will continue to listen to your fantastic show, Rob. And I believe that actually Rob has won an award for submitting his story to Petco. So it's quite- mm, Right, story, that's right? correct. Right. So here's his letter. Fare thee well, little girl. Little girl, that's what I called my newly adopted 26-year-old cat. It's not much of a name. It's not any kind of a name. <laughs> the shelter named her Mama. Her niece, my niece later named her Daisy simply because she felt she needed a name. To me, she was my little girl. Her owner, an elderly woman, passed away due to COVID complications and left the small black and white tabby cat behind. There wasn't a lot of information available about the cat. <clears throat> I took the shelter's word that their records indicated she was 26 years old. The shelter didn't have the original name for her either. When I adopted her, it didn't seem right to give her a new name at that point. She had a history. Names mean something important, something cosmic. So since I didn't know her true name, I didn't name her at all. It wouldn't have been right. The cat's arrival to me necessitates explaining a little bit about my mom. I was living with my mom at the time, helping her with her daily business since my father passed away in 2008. She started displaying early signs of Alzheimer's disease. Fearing she would soon die, my mother didn't want to adopt an animal that would end up the responsibility of somebody else. The thing is, mom didn't die. She lived and lived and lived. She's still here. When 2020 rolled around and mom's Alzheimer's was worsening, we decided to go for it and adopt a cat. My sister Allison has a weak spot for dog and cat adoption sites. Don't we all? <laughs> She's always looking to see what animals are available. She was forwarding me pictures of cute animals I just had to have. For years, I told her no, mom would not agree to a new pet. 
there was a reason beyond fearing the responsibility of a pet's long lifespan that worried my mom. The truth is she had never adopted a pet without my father. It always, it was always something they did together. Allison didn't give up. She contacted me on August 15, 2020 and told me she found a cat that would be perfect for mom. It was a 26 year old cat in declining health, but with a little bit of life left in her. Our thinking was to give mom a cat, something to take care of, but that wouldn't be around long enough for mom to object. When I heard that there was a 26 year old cat at risk of being put down, I immediately wanted it. How could a shelter possibly decide to put down a cat that had lived 26 years? I told Allison I wanted the cat without knowing anything about it. Personally, I've always been a fan of elderly animals. That's not to say the high energy and shiny newness of her kitten or puppy doesn't have its place, but animals spend more time in adulthood than babyhood anyway. The challenge of building a relationship with an animal that has a past, especially a past that I didn't know much about, is always intriguing. An older animal's affection needed to be earned. Trust needed to be built. An older animal would never just give like a baby animal would. Well, when it came to adult animals, you must earn it. And that process mm -hmm. always appealed to me. We decided we wouldn't ask mom if she'd like to have a cat, but rather our strategy was to just show up with a cat in need and deal with the consequences later. It's how we've always dealt with mom. Do first and explain and apologize later. What's the, that theme better to ask for forgiveness than permission? <laughs> I'm interjecting that. He didn't write that. <laughs> explain and apologize later. If she's asked first, the answer will inevitably be no. We would also use mom's declining cognition to our advantage. Later each day, she would ask, when are we returning this cat? And each day we would tell her tomorrow. After a while, she stopped asking. Interesting. So Allison and I drove to the shelter, one of her old cat carriers in hand and got ourselves a new cat. She was a pretty animal petite with white fur and round blotches of black. She also had black coloration around her nose and mouth, which gave her human-like expressions. She had a cute, unique look about her. Things didn't sound so great when it came to the cat's health. She had bad kidneys, was completely deaf, had crepitus yeah. in her back legs, a bit of muscle atrophy, cataracts in both eyes and no teeth. We gave her a month tops, said one of the young girls who worked at the shelter. She was surprised when I said perfect. I didn't take the time to explain to her that we were actively looking for a pet that didn't have a lot of time left on the clock. As the girl handed off the carrier, she told me she was happy that the cat could live her likely last week or two in a loving home. The cat had been at the shelter for three months and her time was running out. We started the drive home and discussed how we would present her to mom. The cat was understandably nervous and was making a hoarse crying sound. It was hard to hear her fear. I felt very bad for her. She'd been through a lot in the past three months, much more than a cat of her lifespan should have to go through, I thought. But I knew she had reached her final destination and I would do everything I could to make her happy. She earned it. Dealing with mom was easier than expected. We told her the truth. The cat needed help and we were her last resort. Mom agreed to take her on and help her to our surprise. Looking back, we believe it's only because of her declining mental health that she said yes so readily. 
If it had been a couple of years earlier, she would have told us to take the cat right back to where we found it. It was my goal to make the relationship between the cat and my mom blossom, and it did. The, the cat, after a few stressful days of learning her new surroundings and realizing she was safe, bonded quickly with mom. Whenever mom was on the couch, so was the cat, right on her lap. I was satisfied that mom had a place to put her caring energy and that the cat was happy to receive it. They spent a lot of time together watching reruns of 90s shows on the one channel my mom knew how to access with her remote. It seemed to be a perfect match. Our little girl spent a lot of time sleeping. She was 26 after all. She did have moments during the day when she had short bursts of energy. Occasionally she'd run at her top speed through the house for no reason and then soon take a several hour nap. She was surprisingly spry despite her stiff hips. She seemed to enjoy her life. I think she was happy to be out of a cage. Occasionally, she wanted me to chase her, so we'd have fun doing that until her energy ran out, and it was nap time yet again. Overall, she was the perfect cat, very easy to care for. We gave her special kidney food, and she ate it readily. There wasn't an aggressive bone in her body. She was super sweet, and I could tell she was raised in a stress-free, loving home. I wish I could have told her former owner that she was happy, free, loved, and doing great. Somehow I think the previous owner knew that. We did all we could to make life easy for her. Since her jumping days were in the past, we placed pet stairs everywhere to make access to higher places she was interested in as seamless as possible. We lived in a two-story house, so she was also given an upstairs and downstairs litter box as well as bowls of water in various places. Because of her aging kidneys, she drank often. Allison and I would give her a weekly injection of Ringer's solution as recommended by the vet. Doing this enabled her to keep liquid weight in her body and take some of the work off of her overburdened kidneys. Everyday life began to settle in for her and she became more relaxed in her surroundings. Her true personality started to come forth. It's the little behaviors that make a pet unique and she wasn't lacking in this department. For example, Whenever someone sat on a couch, she would sit in their lap as if she was entitled to it. Even strangers to her would receive this treatment. A lap is a lap, and if she saw one, she'd be on it. Or her truly strange way of asking for attention. Typically, once a day, a loud foghorn-like yell would be heard emanating from somewhere in the house. As bad as it sounded, all it meant was that she wanted a hug. After receiving her hug, she became quiet and usually went to sleep. <clears throat> It's my theory that because she was deaf, she couldn't hear her own voice. So I think she knew she was making an impact when her message, with her message by feeling the vibrations in her body. One thing I could have lived without was when she brought remnants of litter back <laughs> into my bed as it, was always, as it was always becoming stuck in her toes after she used her litter box. At times I felt like sleeping on little stones. Looking back, I actually yeah. missed that. Also, because she was deaf, she couldn't hear how noisy she was. My little girl would never sneak up on anyone. And you could always hear her coming. She was known for clumping around. Yeah. Let's see. As time went on, mom began to lose more of her cognition. She became increasingly erratic in her thinking, and she could never sit still. Our little girl began to spend less time with her, it's hard for a cat to relax on someone's lap when that person constantly gets up. 
she was no longer as comfortable around mom as in the beginning. My little girl never wanted to be alone. That's when I became mm -hmm. close to her. She would spend nights with me, often sitting right on my chest as I slept. This is something that took some getting used to, but it was something she seemed to demand of me. During the day, she fell asleep on a padded bed that I set up next to my computer as I did my work. All in all, we were virtually never apart. If I came home later at night, she would be there on my bed waiting for me. I was never a poverty animal. For me, weekend nights seemed to be more fun, just sitting in bed, reading a book, and having her by my side. I look forward to doing that. We had routine veterinarian visits every six months. On each visit, my little girl surprised the vets with her good overall health and relaxed behavior. Things were going well. After several visits of being told, each day is a gift at this point, I began to shrug off what I was being told. I had an amazing cat, I thought. She's going to be with me for years to come. Why not? She's happy and secure. And in general, her health is incredible for a cat of her age. So my turn. Mm -hmm. In November of 2022, she weighed seven pounds. A couple of months later, she weighed five pounds. Mm -hmm. What's going on here, I asked the vet. Her thyroid was failing. She was put on a special thyroid diet, which she detested. I took it upon myself to help her add weight, so I fed her essentially whatever she wanted with her thyroid and her kidney food mixed in, just enough for her not to notice. She was a voracious eater, as always, but she wasn't adding any more weight. She began to weaken. She wasn't in pain, but her energy was vanishing. Any muscle tone she once had evaporating before my eyes. She was known to sleep a lot, but now she was almost never awake. Hmm. In six months, she had lost two pounds, which was about 30% of her body weight. I would typically give her food at night, which would be finished by the morning. Normally, my little girl would sit by her food dish each morning waiting for a refill. Gradually, it seemed it wasn't being eat, eaten as vigorously during the night as before. Eventually, it wasn't touched at all. But she stood there wanting to be fed, even though she had food in her bowl. Maybe she didn't like the menu, so I'd give her something different. I visited every pet store in my area looking for new foods to stimulate her. I even started cooking salmon for her. She looked at it with interest, but ultimately didn't eat anything. What can I do? What will it take? I asked her. It was agonizing, but I couldn't help her. It's as if she wanted me to help her, and I couldn't. She gave me a look that words can't describe, and I'll never forget it. She told me everything with that look. Enough was enough. I called the vet and begged for an appointment. Thank goodness, goodness one was available at 11.30 the same day I called. Based on my little girl's behavior, disposition, and appearance, I had a lot of worry. What if there's no coming back from her present issues? I wanted more time. I wasn't ready. More than two years ago, I was told by the vet at her first appointment that every day from now on will be a gift. I adopted a 26-year-old cat, so I should have been prepared, but I wasn't. I had a sinking feeling as I gently woke her up and placed her weak body into the crate. She immediately fell back to sleep. If anything, it made the drive to the vet easy. When called, I carried my little girl into the examination room, removed her from the crate, and gently placed her on the table. Again, she fell asleep after briefly looking around in curiosity at the unusual surroundings. In the past, she had always been unusually relaxed during that visits, and I received compliments from the doctors about her good behavior. It made me a proud parrot to hear that. 
This time she was more than relaxed. She was shutting down. After a short wait, the vet arrived and did a general check of her health. Her heart was fine, as was her breathing. However, she had very white gums, a sign of anemia. Anemia is common in cats with end-stage kidney failure. Kidneys produce a hormone, erythropoietin, which stimulates the bone marrow to produce red blood cells. That kidneys mean a lack of production of red blood cells. My little girl was anemic. This is likely why she stopped eating. Nothing could help this. We could give her ringer solution injections every day and it wouldn't have helped. I took a loud, deep exhalation. This was getting harder to hear than I expected. What needed to be done was clear. I asked the doctor if she was feeling any kind of acute pain. The tightness in my chest was increasing. No, she said, but she's not feeling good. Her quality of life at this point is low and it's not going to get better. I slowly stroked my little girl and said in a cracking voice, I understand. Is euthanasia something you'd like to consider? The doctor asked me gently, sensing I was upset. I completely choked up at hearing the words and said, I think it's the best option now. I was doing my best to use as few words as I could. I hadn't cried in 15 years, not since my father died. So holding back tears wasn't something with which I had a lot of practice. I felt overwhelmed, but tried to keep it together for my little girl. Would you like to be present during the procedure, asked the doctor. Of course, I said. Okay, then I'll take her to get prepped and bring her back in a few minutes. The doctor then left the exam room, and I was alone. I was relieved to be alone so that I could compose myself. I didn't have a lot of time as the vet had entered the room to talk about the business proportion of what was happening. I thought I was holding it together a little better, but when she handed me tissues, I realized I wasn't. I apologized for my reaction as the vet tech left the room. The doctor soon reappeared with my little girl and an IV port inserted into her leg. It was getting real. She was very weak and rested her head on my arm as I stroked her body. I was going to be strong for her. The first injection was an anesthetic, and I felt her body relax. The payload was immediately out thereafter. She felt absolutely no pain and had no reaction. One moment she was here and the next moment she wasn't. I told the doctor I was sorry as I could no longer hold back how I felt. My emotions overtook me as I held a cat who had been my best friend for the past three years. I was given a small baggie of her fur and opted for a cremation. I was happy that the vet tech let me scan my credit card at the doctor's room instead of the waiting room. This enabled me to make a quick exit from the facility when everything was finished. As I found my way to the main entrance, I passed by a few of the vet techs, workers in the facilities, and other doctors. They all told me they were sorry. I smiled and shook my head to each of them, but couldn't speak at that point, not even to say thank you. How could almost 29 years of life be ended in an instant like that? The thought that went through my head was were heavy. I tried to push them away. A lot of pet owners experience some kind of guilt when they think about their pet that has passed. I didn't feel a lot of guilt as I knew it was her time to leave us. Any guilt I felt was because of the way I behaved during the examination. I tried to be strong, as strong as I could. I hope she understood this. I did the best that I could. I'm not sure why, but as I sat in the car still in shock, I felt compelled to listen to Broke Down Palace by the Grateful Dead. I was in the parking lot for at least 15 minutes before I drove off. 
I didn't drive directly home. I didn't want to go home because that would mean I'd see the memories of her throughout the house. So I drove throughout southern New Jersey for at least three hours before deciding to head home with my empty cat carrier in hand. It's been a few days now since she passed. The cat stairs are still all around the house. Her water bowl and dish remain in the same place. And her bed by my desk is empty except for a small tuft of fur the vet gave me after the procedure. The hurt is raw and hasn't improved much. The house feels empty without her. It's a void. I miss my little girl. In my thoughts, I find myself always talking to her directly. I'm confident my vibration will reach hers wherever she is. In words, this is what I say. I've always had a lot of respect for you. You came back strong at age 26 when your world was turned upside down. Your resilience always impressed me. You're a survivor, a fighter. You taught me how to keep going through the end of a relationship, a mentally declining mother, and COVID drama that angered and stressed me every day. I could never have been ready for you to leave. You enjoyed your life even while in declining health. I wasn't supposed to become so attached to you. After all, you're a scrawny little cat. No offense. How will I sleep alone? I'm nowhere close to being able to move on. I suppose at some point I will, but I'm nowhere close. You are my best friend. I will truly never forget you. Fare you well. Fare you well. I love you more than words can tell. Quite a story. And what I, I mean, what <clears throat> the first thoughts that come to mind for me is like, that's the way I want to die. <laughs> I mean, that's a good death. She's just slipped away, basically, and just given a tiny little bit of help. At the end, she was almost unable to stay awake. And yeah. she was just slowly going out, you know, yeah, leaving, right. leaving her body, right? And he was so loving toward her. I mean, oh. how could you be more loving than the way Rob was with this little, yes. little cat? And to think I also want to, want to say to you, Ken, especially, he had trouble not being emotional because he didn't feel he should be. I know, yeah. He, right? Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, that's the whole male thing. I think. <laughs> and, and I think, I think he just, said that in the not, beginning of Not just too. men, but it certainly is one of those rules. You know, the man box, you're supposed to contain your emotions. The only emotions you're allowed are, are anger and I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> and uh, and um, he recognizes that. Yeah. And I think it's great that he's being so forthright because, again, I mean, the more yes. we need more and more men to to be models of all the full palette of human feelings. That's right. <laughs> all the emotions that actually we have. And he did what many of us do. And I remember doing this when when at least one of my dogs died, sitting in the car and just thinking and listening to yeah. music for a while. And that, you know, we kind of have to get some beginning to some kind of equilibrium. Yeah, how the world is now, it's different. It's changed in a really But he was really such a way. wonderful pet parent, right? Yeah. He was so attached yeah. to this little and and that cat lived longer, I think, even though it was only so many years because of her age, that they gave her a week or two to live. 
right at yeah, the shelter but, yeah not even i mean they thought she was really at the very end and in and, three years i mean and, that's the, I, that is the longest lived cat who i've heard of mm -hmm. 29 years that's very long i mean my my son's cat lived to be about 20. so you know i know they live quite a bit longer than dogs in general they can in general and not always of course but Wow. That says that gives a, a tribute to him, right? And sure. his mom yeah. for being there and taking such good care of this little yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's so poignant the way he describes. I mean, you can really it's a, it's beautifully written. You can really yes. see what's happening through his words, and so it's just really a wonderful story. And again, I mean, it's a great story about a man being sensitive and loving and not being afraid to share it with the world it's right wonderful. and this beautiful beautiful story that he gave us yeah yeah so we want to thank rob very and much we uh we are thrilled that he trusted us and he trusted you and who might be listening to this with this story because it's very heartfelt and it's a it's a story in which we see vulnerability as strength, which is something that's yes. just really important to emphasize all the time. When we're vulnerable, when we trust other people, that's one of the most strong thing, the strongest things we can do. And also it was interesting because he knew, he knew it was, he was so attuned to that cat. He knew it was time. Yeah. Yep. And he just went into it with her and he held her and he couldn't, it was hard all of a sudden, like you said, one minute she's alive, one minute she's not, right? But he was he did not he did not have as much yeah. guilt as most people that we talk to. Because he knew he was so attuned yeah. to that cat. Yeah. It's great to hear sometimes that people don't really feel guilt. It's mm -hmm. it's much more the case that people do, even people who do everything possible right. to take good care of their animals and to make sure that they end their suffering if they are suffering greatly and there's no coming back from from that but but it's it's good that it's good to hear that some people don't that some people and, don't feel guilt and no matter how much he's in pain and how how mad uh, how much he misses her and how much he will continue to miss her and rob we want you to know she's already with you <laughs> yeah he's already with you in spirit he right. knows that yes <laughs> so Thank you again, Rob. Yes, and, thank you, Rob. And Nancy, it's always great having a conversation with you. And so we'll we, next week we actually have a yes. recorded session, right? With really fascinating with an animal communicator who has a lot of interesting insights into into the ways that animals experience their lives and and their death and their deaths and lots of lots of insights that I think will be very really very interesting and helpful Please for listen. many people. Yeah. Yeah. Take care. Take care.